0: The Land of the Free podcast, episode four. John Morris here for Liberty Classroom. Look, most of us learned politically correct U.S. history in high school, and the economics was at least as bad. But it's never too late to learn the truth. At Liberty Classroom, you can learn real U.S. history, Western civilization, and free market economics from professors you can trust. Are you short on time? No problem, because you can also Learn in your car. Got questions about what you're learning? You can get them answered in the discussion forums. Plus monthly live sessions, recommended readings, optional quizzes, and coming soon, even more courses. So there's never been a better time to join Liberty Classroom. Visit land of the slash classroom to get all the details. Right here. No, No, I'm not a writer Okay The main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction Turns out he didn't If we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president It is the first thing I will do I will get our troops home We will bring an end to this war You can take that to the bank tired of tired of being peaceful and tired of being calm. You know, I ain't I ain't peaceful. I ain't no protest. I'm violent. Rocks and bottles and you can see tear gas canisters being fired. There are reports of, of gunshots also being fired. If I could have gotten 51 votes for an outright ban, I would have done it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Land of the Free Podcast. I'm your host, John Morris, and I'm rolling solo this episode. Mike is out gallivanting around in California. So I guess that means he's gonna come back and start talking to me. He's gonna be full progressive and talking to me about the welfare state and all sorts of crazy things. We'll see when he gets back what what he's up to. Now this episode. We're going to go into Donald Trump. And I I didn't want to do this because I know Trump gets more attention than he probably deserves. But this latest kind of fiasco, I think, is worth talking about because there's some things about it that really stood out to me. And I think for libertarians, especially, are something to pay attention to. Now, before I get into all that, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can do so on iTunes at landofthefreepodcast.com slash iTunes if you're on Apple devices. For Android devices, we are on SoundCloud as of now, although when Google Play finally comes out with its podcast thing, we're already on there. But right now for SoundCloud, it is landofthefreepodcast.com slash SoundCloud and of course, as always, right on YouTube, landofthreepodcast.com slash YouTube. All right, so this came up because I was talk or I was watching Fox. Now, before you go off on the whole faux news rant and, and call me misinformed and all sorts of <laughs> names, I watch Fox News every now and again. I watch CNN every now and again. I watch MSNBC every now and again. I kind of hit all three just to get kind of a view from all these different perspectives on the things that are going on. I know that that's not necessarily going to give me the whole truth, but I think it does. Listening to the different perspectives helps to kind of identify the things. You know, when you see something mentioned consistently across all three then there's probably a decent chance that that might actually be true, and then you can kind of research it from there. So, I happened to be watching Fox the other day, and they were going absolutely crazy about Donald Trump's latest rhetoric. And so, if you missed it, they had the South Carolina debate, and it got really, really messy. And he's done a number of interviews since. Basically what he's doing is he said he, he's calling out uh, both Jeb Bush and really George Bush saying that 9/11 happened on Bush's watch on wa- Bush's watch and implying that Bush was kind of implying that Bush was to blame for it. And he also said that Iraq was a disaster and that initially he said Bush lied to get us into that war. And that there were no weapons of mass mass destruction. Now he did back off of that a little bit and has kind of said, well, I don't know if he was lying, but I know that there were no weapons of mass destruction. So again, kind of implying the lie. And even after the bait, he kind of has stuck to that. And he's really been kind of hitting these points about 9-11 and Iraq. Now, when I first saw this, I was dumbfounded. I remember I actually sent a message to Mike, the, the video, I sent it to Mike and was like, uh... What? Like, what is he talking about? I actually agree with Donald Trump. It's funny. Samantha Bee, if you don't know, used to be on The Daily Show, now has her own show. And she actually did the same thing. She did this kind of whole segment. And she obviously did some misleading stuff on Scalia. But then she went into Donald Trump and was like, wait a second. What? I'm I'm agreeing with Donald Trump? What's going on here? And that's exactly how I felt. I was like, what in the world? Like, what is he doing here? So I kind of had to really sit and back and think about this and look into it a little more. So I started watching more videos and so forth. And it started to make a little sense to me what he's doing. And this should tell you a little bit about how strategic he is. And maybe you could even say how smart he is. Because what's happened is George has started campaigning with Jeb. George Bush is starting campaigning with Jeb Bush, specifically in South Carolina. And a big part of that, I think, is because South Carolina is kind of a heavy military area, a number of bases there, and uh, apparently people in that area still, more than other parts of the country, like George Bush, so Jeb brought him in to kind of help try and push South Carolina. And Trump, I think, recognizes that as a potential threat and is trying to hedge that. So he's doing what he does which is kind of going after George Bush and being really kind of bold and dramatic and saying all these kind of really pointed things, which is that's his stick. Right. And so, uh, again, it's, it's strategic in that sense. Like it makes sense, uh, to, to really try and not let that become something that gives Jeb an edge. And, you know, in general, the left loves to hate Bush. So, the right kind of tend to tends to have a natural reaction to rally around people that the left hates. And so bringing in Bush kind of will, will create some criticism from the left for Jeb and maybe get some people to rally around both him and, as a result, Jeb uh, kind of wrapped in that whole thing. So I think, again, Trump's being really strategic in going after... Bush in this way. Also, the South Carolina primary is an open primary. So he might also be looking to pick up some of the independent and possibly even some Democratic voters. There have been a few polls, I believe, that have shown that there are Democratic voters that actually like Trump and have said they will vote for Trump. So he may be trying to pick up a few more of those by kind of taking that tact of that that the left takes that the Iraq was a bad idea and all this stuff. So the, and the reason that I, the reason that I think this is strategy and not what he really believes is because a, it's really hard to pin down what he really believes. He changes quite a bit, but this foreign policy stuff, as far as I can tell, kind of seemed to come out of the blue. It came out of nowhere. So then you look at it and you're like, okay, so what's, what's different? What's going on? So, I think it's a strategic move based off those two things. Now, here's what's here's what's funny to me about this whole thing is you know, Fox has been going after Trump fairly consistently. So, what I was watching the other day was actually Megan Kelly on the Kelly File and you know, usually Megan Kelly is pretty straight. You know, there's times where there's things where it feels like she's being a little bit manipulative. But for the most part, I've always kind of found her to be fairly level-headed and and straight. But uh, this particular segment was pretty bad. So what they did is she was on the Kelly, she was doing her show, Kelly File, and she plays all these clips of the stuff that Trump had been saying about 9/11, uh, Bush knowing the CIA knowing, and Bush doing nothing about it, about the weapons of mass destruction, about the Iraq War, et cetera, et cetera. She plays all these clips. And then it immediately flips to uh, kind of one of those side-by-side where they do the interviews, and it's her, and then it's three other guys, and they were all Iraq war <laughs> veterans. And one of them was someone who had been visibly injured. You could, you know kind of see that he had been injured while over there. And so they go on and do this supposedly fair and balanced interview. And two of the three guys just berate Trump and kind of give this emotional reaction to what he's saying and emotional response to it. And then the third guy was actually a Trump supporter but gave a really, really ineffectual defense of Trump. It really wasn't that good. And the thing about it is, is for me, they, Fox had already accomplished what they wanted to when they did the juxtaposition of the Trump stuff. And then flipped to these three veterans. That's what they were really after. They wanted to create that dramatic kind of, or at least Ke- Ke- uh, Megyn Kelly wanted to. Um, they had that, created that dramatic shift that really, you know, if you're just watching it and not really paying attention, it makes Trump look pretty bad. So, uh, that, uh, that was the whole segment. And it was just, uh, it was really, really bad. Now... There's a couple of things about this. First off, that whole thing, that whole segment, it reeked of what Fox itself and a lot of people on the right criticize Obama for doing. If you remember, whenever there's some sort of gun control legislation that he's going to put out or he wants to have some sort of press conference or whatever, a lot of times he would bring up the victims of. The Whatever shooting it happened to be that that brought this all up He'd bring out the families of those victims And Fox would rightly Criticize him for doing that Kind of saying that he was wrapping himself in the You know I guess the blood of those victims To gain political points That's a valid critique Yet Here they are doing the exact same thing They've taken these veterans that served over there and basically wrapped them around their their uh, political point that they want to make about Iraq, which has literally nothing to do with the facts. You know, I I was in the military for 11 years. I spent a year in Iraq. I think it was a disaster. I don't agree with us going in. So the fact that you're a veteran doesn't automatically make you agree with Fox. So they've rightly criticized Obama for doing it, but now here they are doing it. The other thing about this is Trump is right. Now, again, I don't, Trump's not someone I agree with a lot of things on, but when people say things that are right, they should be acknowledged. And he is right. 9-11 did happen when Bush was president. Now I know that people go back and say, well, you know Bill Clinton had a chance to do it and he didn't do this whatever. But the fact is 9/11 happened when Bush was president and there were I remember reading reports or r- maybe they, you could call them rumors there were inklings that the CIA did know had some knowledge that something big was coming and there was some information out there that something like this might happen. And weren't able to obviously stop it. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean Bush knew about it and did nothing. But it is factually correct that 9-11 happened when he was president. So, again, you can't, it's it's true. The other thing is it's factually correct, it's true, that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Bush has... In a press conference As much said that Donald Rumsfeld said that Now there's people who's come out and say No there were, there were, there were Okay, the capability To make weapons of mass destruction And weapons of mass destruction Are two different things And the argument That was put forth, the justification For going to war was that There were weapons of mass destruction Not the capability To make them And I've been to Iraq, and I would personally, granted, I didn't go everywhere. I don't know everything about what happened there. But having seen (laughs) that place, I would question how capable they really were. And if they were, what the level of sophistication was of them being able to actually muster any sort of attack against the United States. It seems pretty silly to me to think that. So it's factually correct that there were no weapons of mass destruction, and it's factually correct that Iraq was a massive failure. You can't look at what's going on there now with ISIS and everything else and say that Iraq was a success. Now, neoconservatives will say, well, we left too early, right? We didn't finish the job, but we were there for over a decade. How long does it take? How long does it take for us to get it right? So to me, and I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think this is important. To me, it's a clear statement on the failure of nation building. Yes, Saddam was a bad guy. I think everybody agrees. Nobody's saying Saddam was a saint. But you have to think about the consequences of what you do. And even neoconservatives clearly agree with this. Bush, Rumsfeld, all of them clearly agree that there are consequences, that it's not just about removing Saddam, that there are consequences of that because they attempted to nation-build there. Had they not recognized that there could be dire consequences of removing him, they wouldn't even have bothered. The problem was, is that it was a complete disaster. So, while we can all agree that Saddam was a bad guy, we have to consider if we're making it worse by removing him. And well, any, any situation, Libya, Syria, you know, you can even go all the way back to world war one, where the phrase making the world safe for democracy was coined. When that whole idea was coined, all of these situations where we've done this kind of thing have backfired. World war one led to the rise of Hitler. And he was a clear reaction to what happened in Germany after World War I. Saddam has led to ISIS. Libya has led to a whole mess over there. Please show me the example of when this has actually worked. So, you know, if you if if you keep touching a hot stove, (laughs) at some point it's your own fault. So. Again, it's a clear statement of the failure of nation building. Now, getting back to Donald Trump, but before we do that, a quick word from our sponsor. We all know that our kids' education is a key piece of the future of our country. And as much as possible, we need to teach them the ideas of liberty so they can carry the torch into the next generation. But having homeschooled my children, I know that finding the right curriculum and resources to teach those ideas can be incredibly difficult at least until Ron Paul launched his very own homeschooling website because now you can get liberty education for your kids straight from the horse's mouth and many of the programs are free for your younger kids and priced lower than most curriculums for the older ones so if you're fed up with the public school system and ready to give your kids a rock solid foundation in liberty visit ronpaulhomeschool.org to get started look this is what Trump does. This is why he's winning. Because he himself is a reaction to the nonsense of the left. I truly believe this. That the only reason that he's having, getting any sort of play, the only reason he's getting any sort of following, is because the left has got so nonsensical with their their critiques, with their political correctness stuff with the way they argue uh, in politics. It's got so nonsensical and just over the top. That's the only reason a guy like him can exist because people are tired of it and they want someone who will actually stand up to it and not be afraid. And that's what he's doing. So what people don't understand is that every attack of him actually makes him stronger because it reinforces The point that he is, not necessarily the points he's making, but the point that he is. And so it strengthens his appeal because it makes people say, yeah, you know what? He's right. Just like I did, even though I'll never vote for the guy. So that's why every time like pundits and his opponents attack him and they think he's done, how many times have they said, oh, he said this thing. He's done. I think there was a John McCain thing he said. And now this whole Bush thing. And there's been a number of different things where like oh he's done. And what happens? Not only is he not done. His support actually grows. He basically turns every attack into a positive for himself. And that's because. He is a reaction. He's different. He's a reactionary vote. And. And. Frankly the left can't help itself. Because they only have a. They have a very limited. Set of tools. To use. To try and argue their points. And he's completely flipped them on their head. Every time they use one of those tools. That in the past has worked. Incredibly well. It actually works to. To help him grow his support. (laughs) And it's. To be honest it's kind of funny to watch. Now. The other thing is is the fact that these kind of attacks, that the attacks themselves are even happening and that it's leading to his support growing in a Republican primary should be a pretty clear indicator of how much the Republican Party has taken on leftist ideas and leftist approaches to politics, which is part of the problem with the Republican Party. And why he's gaining so much traction. Now, I have no idea how this ends. I don't think anybody knows how this ends or where it goes. But sitting back and watching it, I mean, honestly, I can't help but chuckle a little bit about how nuts he makes both parties. The left and the right, Republicans and Democrats. And frankly, they both deserve it. Left, the left for getting so crazy with their worship of government and government solutions, a group of people that should really know better, and the right with their, I would say, mostly proper rhetoric, but never actually living up to that rhetoric, and consistently disappointing people who buy into that rhetoric. Both parties deserve it and from my point of view a trump versus sanders general election would make a complete mockery of our political process trump because of how he is he's just this bombastic you know over the top kind of character that really kind of manipulates the entire game like he has a really good understanding of how to manipulate the entire situation to his advantage and Bernie Sanders would make a mockery of it because he's an avowed socialist, which is completely antithetical to American. Think about this for a second. You know, people called Obama a socialist, right? And Democrats, like, bent over backwards denying that he was a socialist, that Democrats were socialists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they've bent over backwards to do that. And now here you have this guy who comes out and says, no, I am a socialist. And he's gaining a ton of support. It basically completely ruins their entire argument that they've been trying to make, that these ideas aren't socialist. And, you know, he may get some support for a short amount of time, but I I still, and you can call me naive, I still don't think a majority of American people gonna go for socialism. I really don't. I think there's too many people still alive today that actually understand what it is and where it leads. And so those two, if those were the two people in the general election, it'd make a complete mockery of the system. It would it would just I mean you couldn't help but look at it and be like, what in the world has happened to us? And to me And I think it should be for libertarians and anarchists. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that it's being made mockery of. Because maybe more people will come to see that we don't need politicians running our lives. That we're capable of interacting peacefully with each other without these buffoons in charge. And what happens? Now, yes, it could be bad for a time. But what it could lead to is opening a door to where people will be much more receptive to libertarian and anarcho-capitalist ideas. And so at the end of the day, I think it's a, it would be a good thing for those two to be in the general election and to make a mockery of our political process so that people can start to understand we don't need this. We can figure this out as individuals and on our own. We don't need these clowns. Telling us what we should and shouldn't do. All right, so I'm going to leave it there for this episode. Uh, like I said, if you like this episode, be sure to like it so that we know that you like these kind of topics. Also, if you know somebody who benefit from this episode, be sure to share it with them. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, as always, so that you never miss an episode again. Over on iTunes, at landofthefreepodcast.com/itunes on SoundCloud at landofthefreepodcast.com slash SoundCloud or on YouTube at landofthefreepodcast.com slash YouTube. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.